So if you're not already in your meditation posture, then just taking the time you need to settle into a posture that's supportive. for you, for your practice. Be already seeing very lightly if you can begin to do what it is that you want to do right now, just in the way you're settling into the posture, adjusting the posture. Checking in with the body. And once you've found your posture for this time and you've done all the little bits of fine-tuning that are needed so that the body's stable, supported, upright, and also relaxed. We'll take a little bit of time to emphasize the openness and the softening in the body, openness and softening. And I'll suggest a few ways of doing that. Before I do, I'll also say if the body or the breath are not um, a place where you can relax right now, which is the case for some of us some of the time, then you can use sound to just open awareness. So using the arising and passing of sound as your meditation object. Letting that open up the awareness. If you are using, if the body and breath are available to you, do you feel like a place where you can relax and open and soften? And a couple of things to try. One is just a sense of the uprightness in the posture, feeling as if the body is rising up from the seat or pulled up from the top of the head. And with that upright movement of energy also opening out and softening. We can also do use the breath here. So feel the breath fill up the body space. Then out the out breath, the letting go, the relaxation, the ease. And just gently inviting the awareness to be open and soft, body space to be open 
and to soften as much as is possible right now. As you've been doing this, uh, the opening, the softening of awareness, you may also already see what's the appropriate meditation object for this period. As I said at the beginning, if the body doesn't feel a place where we can relax right now, then it might be sound. in the body itself, it might be the whole body, maybe the breath flowing in and out of the body space. Just noticing what's the appropriate object, what's most available, most nourishing, most supportive right now as the object of the practice. Just take a few moments to practice with that, to settle with that meditation object. to get a sense of it, a feel for it. So now, keeping the object of our practice there in the background, I want to invite into awareness any sense of gratitude or appreciation. So opening and inviting still that emphasis on openness. Opening and inviting anything 
that I'm grateful for right now. It might be, if possible, in my direct experience. Maybe the temperature is just right or there's a sense of the body being cared for. Might be the breath that I'm grateful for, anything in my immediate experience. And if nothing in particular comes from that, then opening wider, just connecting to something that I'm grateful for in my life, something that I appreciate, and staying with that sense of gratitude and appreciation. Maybe helpful to just stay with that one thing or maybe helpful to allow others to come. See for yourself the emphasis being on that experience of gratitude, that sense of appreciation. Letting it touch you. Getting into it as much as you can. Maybe the mind is wondering already if it does, just coming back to what it is that you're grateful for. Staying in contact with the gratitude or the appreciation, letting that fill up your heart, your mind, your body, space. There's a sense of um, you're working with awareness in the body Letting that awareness be permeated, be filled with that gratitude or appreciation. You're working with sound, let the sounds be a reminder. Yeah, each sound a reminder, gratitude. You're working with a breath, maybe you're breathing in appreciation, you're breathing in that which you're grateful for or the gratitude itself.
then gently letting go of the gratitude or just letting it be there still but we're just going to gently disengage our focus it's not going to be any longer the primary focus coming back to your intention whatever your response was or is right now to the question what would you like to begin in this moment what would you like this to be a beginning of yourself feel that intention. And letting it fill you, fill the space of your heart, your mind, your body. Seeing if you can let that intention be something that nourishes you. Also supports you to grow. So if you're feeling it in the body, this real movement for opening and energizing. Maybe you can open to the beauty of that intention and ability or the care or the kindness in it. Just playing a little bit, opening to the intention, seeing the impact. and feeling it and letting it fill you up. Fill up the space of your awareness.
And now bringing in a third factor. I'm going to call it motivation. It can be a sense of, I can do this. This is doable. This intention. Something that I can begin and that I can nourish and that I can cultivate. This is doable. I'm going to take this period of practice now, right now. I'm going to give myself to it. I'm going to give myself to this intention. No matter how many times I'm challenged or distracted, I'm just going to give myself. Keep remembering that it's doable. And sometimes it can help to kind of, you know, internally cheer yourself up, you know, be your cheerleading squad or make an internal imaginary fist pump or whatever. Pump yourself up in some way. This is doable. I'm going to do this. fourth factor or element we're going to bring in alongside that is metta. Attitude of friendliness, of goodwill, of care. We're just going to bring it in wherever it feels easy. If possible towards yourself right now and this intention and this willingness and this open heart of gratitude. A sense of friendliness and goodwill. Yes, may may you flourish. May you be well and may you succeed in what matters to you. Or if this feels like it closes you off or it's too difficult, then let the metta flow where it's easy. It might be to someone you love or care about. It might be to this group right now practicing together. Just noticing where it's relatively easy and letting that meta flow there. That sense of well-wishing and of care. Of wishing all good things. Wholeheartedly for yourself or another.
Then we're going to come back to our initial meditation object. Hopefully colored by this reflection on gratitude, on intention, motivation and the attitude of metta, of friendliness. Now we're going to see, can we bring ourselves, can we begin again and again now with this meditation object, with this breath or body or sound, with gentle continuity. Just coming back to now, coming back to this possibility. Coming back again and again to the object of the practice, to the knowing of it, again and again. We just notice what's happening in awareness. If the mind wanders, we just acknowledge and we come back with gentleness as to a moment of continuity. Coming back to the object of this meditation practice. Coming back to now and this possibility. Going back to meeting this sound or this breath or this body and to the knowing of it.
just now knowing the sound of the breath or the body. Just now. Beginning. Continuing. Returning. Doesn't matter how many times. So taking your time as you transition. And I'd just like to um, share a few reflections on Dana before uh, continuing to today's reflections on the teachings and on the practice that we just did. I think probably most of you have either heard us speak about Dana many times or on your way here you came across, the way into the online Dharma Hall you came across the information. And yet we find that um, it's helpful to reflect on these teachings, to reflect on this practice again and again. And perhaps you know, one of the things that you were grateful for, or you might be when I mention it, was this sense of the community, yeah, the Sangha, the sense of, oh, the teachings, the practices. Yeah. You know, some of the things that are really here to support us. And I think many of us are experiencing that in, in these days. And what's made that possible is this practice of dana. Yeah. 
because these teachings and these communities yeah, over generations from the time of the Buddha until now, this is how they've been sustained yeah, through the community supporting them to continue. The community is all of us, each of us, in, in our ways. Yeah. And there's different ways to, to offer dana, to practice dana. But the one way that I'm going to touch on now is um, you know, the possibility to um, offer financial dana to support Gaia House. Yeah. And as you know, I've said many times here, and I will continue to say, you know, Gaia House has got, had very little income since the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, relying on um, regular donations and, and um, donations from people such as yourself. And yet the outgoings continue. Our goings continue. And so there's a real opportunity to, to support Gaia House. And I'll put the link to that in the chat in a moment. It's also on the, on the website. And there's also the possibility to offer dana for the teachings in particular. Yeah. In this case, it's, it, they're coming through me. I'm the conduit today. Yeah. And so I think you really see this as a practice, a practice of reflection, a practice of um, what it is that we wish to support, and also, you know, what is possible for each of us. Yeah. So that's different between different people at different times. Our circumstances are different. Yeah. So we include that in our practice. Both the knowing what my circumstances are, but also the knowing that there's others around whose circumstances are different to mine. And that this is a practice of community together, yeah, we support the teachings to continue. Yeah, so that they continue to support human beings and through human beings, all beings, yeah, to live with compassion and wisdom and to act with compassion and wisdom in the world. So I'm just going to put the links in to the chat um, and um, you know, please save them if you wish to practice today. Like I said the Gaia House link is also uh, on the Gaia House website and it's also possible to offer dana to the teachers via Gaia House. So, you know, it's probably not going to be a surprise. <laughs> I kind of emphasized beginning, almost from the beginning of this session, that um, the reflections I'd like to offer today are very much um, inspired by the fact that we are, um, there's this agreement between some of us at least on the planet that we're at the beginning of a new year. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I sorry, I can't help but laugh with these things because it's so wonderful, isn't it? There's an agreement and it becomes a fact. It's, it's a new year. And it, it, it's just wonderful. It really is wonderful you know, that, that we humans have this capacity to do that. Um, and yet I find it's also really helpful to hold the relative and the absolute yeah. around these, you know, to remember... This is an agreement 
And I think one thing that online teachings have really brought home to us is, is you know, teaching sometimes or practicing with people that are in really different time zones. <laughs> so, you know, someone else's year started at a very different time to yours. Yeah. Not just one person, a lot of them. And, you know, I've had this experience. Um, usually, I'm um, at the end of, of December, I'm in the leprosy community in, in India and uh, with a group of other volunteers. And, uh, and so we have a, a New Year's party um, to celebrate the transition, but staying up till midnight is, is a ridiculous, con ridiculous concept. <laughs> kind of in bed by half nine or something and so we just play around and we decide you know okay we're gonna we're gonna celebrate you know our midnight is gonna be I can't even remember what it is you know it's gonna be I think it's Adelaide Australia um you know because we make midnight at 10 o'clock our time yeah and then one year we got really playful and so we just started celebrating you know for about two hours <laughs> I think every 15 minutes or so we could celebrate yeah, the, the new year in a different place. So we can see this relative aspect yeah, there. You know? it's, it's a relative concept. You know, I grew up with a Jewish calendar. The new year is kind of somewhere in September or October. Yeah. It's, a different, you know, it's a different calendar. Yeah? It's a different agreement. So that's, that's the relative, um, and, and I find that really helpful, you know, remembering this is empty. <laughs> and yet it doesn't mean that it's meaningless, yeah. because the beauty of our human um, minds and hearts is that we give meaning to things, and when we can give, we can give meaning to things that make them meaningful. Yeah. And so we can look at something like um, the New Year and say, okay, there's something really beautiful about this because it connects people, yeah? How many people have wished you a happy new year? Yeah, or you've wished to them, you know? And that's a sense of connection, right? And that's really valuable. You know, if we didn't have these agreements about new years and holidays and birthdays and, you know, all these other kind of things, yeah? they, they give us an opportunity to connect. They give us an opportunity to express something of value. And they also give us an opportunity to um, connect to ourselves and our aspirations. Yeah. So there's this beautiful um, tradition around New Year's, right, of reflection and resolution. Yeah. And so there's a sense of I can reflect just like we did this morning. Yeah. What would I like to begin? And what does it mean for me? What does beginning mean for me? There's a real opportunity there for depth. And so before I kind of, I'm gonna go into that obviously <laughs> more um, in a moment. Uh, but before I do, I also want to, you know, take time, yeah, and I've got the mic, <laughs> to, um, for some New Year's wishes, yeah, for things that I wish for you, yeah, 
So I wish for you that you have time for reflection this year. And I wish for you that you have time to connect to what nourishes you and what matters to you. And I wish for you that you find support in embodying what matters to you and cultivating what matters to you. And I wish for you that you remember and you come back to what matters and you come back to the support that's there and you come back to reflection. And I wish to you, for you that you keep the exploration alive. Yeah. That the exploration keeps going. That it's alive. And I can, you know, this is so beautiful that we can wish this for each other. Yeah. We can wish this for ourselves. And I can feel, you know, when I wish this for you, for each of you, you know, some of you I know, most of you I don't. Yeah. I can wish this for you. And when I wish this for you, I'm wishing it for all of us. Because, you know, if we have time for reflection, and if we have time to connect to what matters to us, and if we can find support to embody that and to cultivate it, and when we remember, and when we keep the exploration alive, then the world that we share becomes better for all of us, yeah. for all of us. So if I wish something really beneficial for one person, it's for everyone, and not just human beings. And so these are, yeah, deeply my wishes for you, for all of us. So I like to, in that context, yeah, of these, of these, you know, heartfelt wishes that we have, we've had for ourselves at the beginning of the session, we have for each other. Um, I'd like to explore a little bit what we did in the meditation today and how that can continue to be a support for us yeah. in prioritizing, connecting to what matters to us, and embodying it and finding support. And so the first thing we did in the practice, well, it wasn't the first thing, <laughs> but after we settled into the practice, we opened to four elements or four factors. And the first one was uh, gratitude. Yeah. And so gratitude really opens us to support. Yeah. When we feel grateful, we're connected to what supports us. Yeah. When we feel appreciation, we're connected to what supports us. And when we're connected to what supports us, the heart opens, the whole being opens. We say open-heartedness, but it's the whole being that opens. There's a sense of connection and of expansiveness and more space. And you can really reflect for yourself. <laughs> when there's gratitude, what happens to the sense of who I am? Yeah, and where I end. Yeah. So, so valuable and important for us as a practice. So opening to that support and then opening to our intention. 
opening to our intention, the clarity about where is it that I'm heading, yeah. And that phrase I used today, which just came to me at the beginning of this session, but I love that. What would I like to begin now? (laughs) Probably going to repeat it several hundred times. What would I like to begin now? Clarity of where I'm heading, the clarity of my intention, and with that, you know, often the beauty of that. And really letting ourselves feel it. Sometimes there's a hesitancy that we have. There's an intention and there's some kind of, uh, you know, I I can't come too close to it or I can't let it in. It's too much. Yeah. And so just noticing all of that and seeing can we really open and have that clarity of where I'm heading and let that be something that nourishes as well as points us in the direction that we want to go. So intentions do both. Yeah, they're a support and a guide. Yeah. And then that motivation aspect. I'm doing I'm doing the fist pump. I couldn't do it while we were meditating. Yeah. Also so key. Yeah. This is doable. Because sometimes, you know, with intention, they're they're beautiful our intentions, but there's a sense hidden or more overt that oh there's a be- this is a beautiful intention, but you know, it's not for me. I can't do this. Yeah. And that you know, when we don't believe that we can do this, that this is doable, we stay disconnected on some level. So that sense of motivation, it's doable. And play with the language here, you know. Sometimes for some of us it's really like, I can do this. And that's really helpful. And for some of us that would be too much. I can't say that. So we just say, it's doable. It's doable. Connecting. To, our, to the ability that's there to do it. Yeah. And again, with the words kind of playing, both with the intention and the motivation, so it doesn't become a way that we measure ourselves. Actually, something that really cheers us on and supports us. And then the metta. Yeah. Then the metta, the kindness, the care, the goodwill. kind of oils up the whole system. Lubricates the whole system. Softens the whole system. Bringing in that energy. Sometimes recently I've had this image that I'll share with you that like meta is like... um, you know, like imagining myself as a, as a sweet that's just being dipped into the syrup. If you've ever had the great pleasure of being outside an Indian sweet shop and watching them make the sweets, you've seen this. Goes into the syrup, <laughs> soaks it up. <laughs> yeah, so we can imagine sometimes if it's helpful, the metta is like that. Yeah, soaks into the being. Yeah, soaks the goodness into the being. A little bit healthier than the syrup in sweets normally, but yeah, similar effect. 
Yeah. And it also reconnects us to the aspiration, yeah? Because that movement of metta, again, like the gratitude, opens up the heart. Yeah. doesn't matter who it's directed towards. It opens up the heart and connects us, you know, to, to our aspiration and to each other. We're connected to each other. Yeah. connects us to each other. So all of these, the gratitude, the intention, the motivation, the metta, they all um, kind of bring us into the moment. They can be a wonderful way of beginning any practice. And they really support a deepening and a widening of our practice and a sense of wholeheartedness. You know, it's all included. And it reminds us of the possibility in each moment. So we're coming back to the beginning. Yeah. A possibility. What is it that I'd like to begin right now in this moment? And I think one of the most powerful things the practice teaches us, our meditation practice, it teaches us that we can begin, or that we do begin, again and again, and that we have the possibility to begin well, to begin well. And it's in a day, or a sitting, or a year, (laughs) or even in a breath. We're actually beginning again and again. And what happens if we kind of bring in that interest to begin well? to begin well. And so it can be such a different way of viewing success and failure, which is one of the, (laughs) along with hope and despair, which I mentioned at the beginning. One of the great creators of suffering for us and in our lives, success and failure. This is a completely different way of looking at things. If we just say, ah, any moment, every moment there's a possibility to begin. Every moment there's a possibility to begin. And what matters is that we begin well again and again and again. (laughs) Because that also means that we continue well. Actually, it is continuing well. And this really connects to this word, word um, resolution. Yeah, I touched on it. New Year's resolution, also quite a big word, resolution or resolve in the teachings. And the conventional meaning, yeah, is often, um, in the teachings, it's often determination. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, if you look at the word resolve, and what it actually means, it's a beautiful word, yeah? Re-solve. Re-solve, okay? The capacity and commitment to come back to something, yeah? And to try again, yeah? The capacity and commitment to come back to something and to try again, yeah? That's what it actually means, to re-solve. 
and the goal is that of a solution. And often the way we approach things is that we need to overcome this, we need to win. <laughs> yeah. And actually this is about solution. Yeah. And the root of the word of resolve, resolution, is, is from Latin. Um, and it actually means, this is really beautiful, at least to me, <laughs> it actually means to loosen or to undo or to settle. Mm -hmm. To loosen, yeah. to make something more loose, to undo or to settle. And so when we think in our own lives, when there's a solution, yeah. things settle. And what was a problem is undone. Yeah. It's no longer... An, yeah. And it also, that the loosening, I love that word, um, loosening is an ongoing process. <laughs> yeah. So it's not black and white or on or off. Yeah? Something can be loosened and can still be loosened more. Yeah. And can still be loosened more. So what happens when we bring that kind of attitude? Yeah? So instead of a New Year's resolution, if we take that example where I you know, either fail or I succeed, it's binary, it's black or white, it's on or off. Yeah. But actually we see it as a constant opportunity <laughs> yeah, to show up, a constant opportunity to begin again and to begin well. A constant opportunity yeah. to come back to something and to try. Mm. And so, you know, it's even more um, interesting when we bring it to our meditation practice. And so we're not measuring <laughs> if I succeeded because I've managed to be with a breath for the whole 25 minutes or whatever it was. But actually, it's about beginning well and beginning again even when my mind wanders or when my mind wanders yeah. or when this distraction comes or when this challenge, challenge comes. It's an ongoing continuity, yeah. an ongoing process to loosen. Now that really ties in with some of the, of the Buddha Dharma language of unbinding to loosen the knots, to unbind that which keeps us stuck yeah, and unhelpful. So let's, yeah, let's keep beginning well. Yeah, let's keep beginning well, which means we also continue well. Uh, on this infinite journey, we can't end well <laughs> because it's infinite. Yeah. So we're continuing well, we're beginning well, and we're continuing to begin well on this infinite journey of growth and well-being together. A really important aspect, together. Yeah. For our sakes, each of us and all of us here, and for the sake of all beings, present and future, yeah. near and far, those that we know and those that we don't know. <laughs> 